All right, thank you, ladies, for that. Let's turn our Bibles, please, to Genesis chapter 12, and appreciate again your spirit this week. It's been a joy to get around you, get amongst it, and it's been a, it's been a really just a really enjoyable time to be together. And I uh, hope that you've, um, you've reconnected a little bit with some friends you haven't seen in a while, or you've made some new friends and gotten to know one another. And I want to say, particularly for us pastors, that I hope that we've done that this week, that we've taken the time to just, if uh, there's been a, a face to, to a name, perhaps, that you've been hearing about or, or you've prayed for, that's a good thing. And uh, this morning, I want you to just, just journey a little bit with me. Um, I didn't really plan on, on, uh, on preaching, teaching today, I was... Honestly, I just wanted to, to see if um, I could listen in this, uh, this day, but uh, just last night and even this morning, just felt pressed that I was meant to share this, uh, this, uh, this message and, um, you know, I just was thinking even about, about Brother Curtis there, how God is still calling Amen. and uh, just the way God works in that. And maybe you're, you're looking at me and thinking, well, what do you mean? And I'll talk to you about that this morning. And, you know, I think all of us here, I hope that we're, we are on a journey, right? I hope that we're, we're not just thinking that the Christian life is some sort of existence that's just static until there's a loud trumpet sound and then it's the rapture and we're off to heaven forever to be with the Lord, that, that the, the Christian life until the Lord does call us home is a journey to something, that it's not just where we're just, where we're at and that's it, that God is, is working in our lives and he's, he's working and he's moving and he wants us to follow along. Uh, I hope that that's our desire. You know, even as a young lady sang there, a big part of that is knowing the Lord and knowing Him and having a sensitivity to Him. And, you know, this has been part of, part of the reason why we're even here today. You know, I was just, it's bizarre to me, to be honest, um, that I'm, I'm hosting this conference. Um, for many years, I was a guest of this church and enjoyed that. For many years, I would come and always book the time to, to come along. I, I think I only missed a handful, but I would come every year anticipating that God will work, and, and God did in many, many times here in this very conference. Never be, but if you were to ask me even a year and a half ago if, if you'd ever be here in a different capacity, not just a guest, but as hosting the conference, I would have told you not in a million years. All right, and, and it's got, got nothing to do with the fact that, you know, I'm a New South Welshman, right? And, but now is, a, as some would say, an NIV Queen, Queenslander, all right? And, and um, not in a million years. It's not got nothing to do with that. It's because I felt very settled in what God had called me to do where I was at. And if you don't know my background, maybe some of you don't. I grew up in Sydney. We moved there when I was very young, and that's home to me. And so in the process of that, we got planted in a local New Testament church, a Baptist church. 
we were there from day dot. We were there from the inception of that church, and I grew up in that church. I was trained in that church. I met my wife in that church. I was then raising my kids in that church. I ministered in that church. I was pastoring that church. And over a, a process of time, God did that, and we were very settled there. We had a great heart, and some of um, uh, our former um, church family from Southland Baptist Church, they're here today, and it's a joy for me, but I'm here now. And there was a, there was a, a working of that in my life that really it wasn't just immediate. There was, a, there was a working of that in my life. And, you know, there was, a, there was a time there where really all I wanted to do was just serve God in the, in, at Southland Baptist Church in Sydney. I, all I wanted was to, to see some of our, my young people. Before I was a senior pastor, I was a youth pastor there for 11 years. And so many of my young people who I started with in, in ministry, seeing them, um, were growing up, having, getting married and having their own children. And it was a joy. We lo- I loved it. And I loved seeing that in, in, in as, as a preacher mentioned this morning, the longevity of my time there. 27 years we invested there from when I was 12. And so, uh, and my parents are here, they were, they were part of that. My dad for a long time was the lone deacon of the church. And so you'd, you'd understand some of you deacons how busy that can get. And so we were always involved in ministry. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, there were times, I'll be honest with you, my dad did force me to go and serve and do everything else, but I loved it at the end. And we got to be part of all of that, so we were part and fabric of that church. I loved that church. And had no plans, no desire, no, no grand dream. I just wanted to serve God in that place. And, and yet, what, what happened was there was a there was a time where God did something, and I'm just going to call it there was a disturbance. And that's what God does. Notice with me in Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 to 5, and we, we know this as the, the Abrahamic covenant. And in verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all the substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, into the land of Canaan, they came. So God, God tells him, get thee out. And what we find here in the life of Abraham, uh, Abram was that he, he was in a place that was particular to him. He was in a place that actually he was, he was being furthered. There was a great abundance in his life. What we read there, that there were souls given to him. There were those that he had... He had invested in, there were those that God had given him, and yet there was this call suddenly in the life of Abram, get thee out. And I just believe that there's a lot of lessons there in the way that God works in our lives if we would just pay attention. 
Now, I mentioned the, the, at the beginning of the service that I hope that we do believe that God is still calling. And sometimes we'll say amen to that because we're thinking about someone else. We're, we're thinking, well, yes, God is calling. And in our heart of hearts, we're thinking someone else. And I'm not just saying here this morning that I'm just talking about those that would be called to ministry. I'm talking about just in general, we ought not to be the type of people as God's people that we're just remaining in static, but we're thinking that we're journeying for the Lord. And at times, the way that God will do that to get us moving on is He'll, he'll, just, he'll just go ahead and proceed with a bit of a disturbance. Um, earlier on, as just before we, we got into the morning tea time, I just... Last night I was thinking about it and felt prompted to, to ask Curtis to go ahead and, and just talk to the, to the congregation about Thailand and, and the, the call there. And um, To be honest, I, I wanted to text him last night, but I thought, oh, I don't want to disturb him. Right? It was around midnight, and so I thought, well, he's a good young man. He's probably asleep, all right? But I thought, I won't do that. I won't do, and really, I didn't want to disturb Dow, his wife, all right, just in case the text went and then she woke up. So I thought about it, and, and then uh, it, it left me this morning until, until just before, and I thought, I need to tell him. <laughs> and so if he looked, you know, extra nervous, that's the reason why, and why he, when he said thank you, it was with gritted teeth, right? <laughs> but that was a, I'll tell you what, when I came up to him, he was, I think he was thinking of the goodies outside, right? And I said, hey, Curtis, can you come up? And he goes, P -p what, pasta? Sorry? Sorry? <laughs> And he was suddenly, from this, this calm state, he went into this, oh, I have something to do now that involves me getting up here impromptu. Thank you, pastor. You know? <laughs> but that was a disturbance. And God, it, God at times will bring us to a place where, where we, we better be ready to just be disturbed. You know, so many times I think that, that God is calling, but I wonder if we're listening. And, and you know, we see this in the life of different people in, in the Bible. We see this with, with Moses, it was the burning bush. Right, with Samuel, he was asleep. With, with Peter, he was told, cast your net on the other side. And, and all of that, it was, just, it was just God disturbing the current so that he can get them to the place they were to go to next. And, and any person really who is at the place where they're, they're willing to listen to God, I think would at some point be just a little bit disturbed by God. You know, I think about Isaiah when he saw the Lord high and lifted up. That's when, that's when he was touched, that's when he was spoken to, and then he responded, here am I. We, we've talked a little bit this week, in, whether in, in our personal conversations or whether in this congregation about the need for laborers, and, and I just would, would have it hard to believe that God has stopped calling when there's such a need. And God's still speaking, God's still trying to disturb some of you here this morning, but I wonder if we're listening. You know, a couple of, couple of, um, of months ago, I was with... Um, I was with my, my, my son, Jaden, and, and if you know Jaden, he's a bit of a personality. Maybe on Sunday night, if you were, you were here, you would have heard him. He was snoring. And so, um, you know, he's, he's six, all right? Give him, give him a bit of grace, but, you know, um, but he's, he's a bit of a character. 
and one day, you know, he, he, was, uh, he was playing around and he had grabbed the, his sister's, um, I think it was somewhat, one of, it was his sister's calculator. It was, was what it was. And he had grabbed it and he pretended to dial, you know, and he put it on his ear and he's having a conversation, pretending he was on the mobile phone. All right, and it's probably copying me, but he was going, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, nah, that's really good, you know, and he's really talking to himself. So I saw that and I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to join in. And so I, I, I pretended, I took my mobile phone out and I said, oh, hello, Jaden, how are you? Hello, hello. And then he, he took the calculator off his, off his face. He goes, Dad, I'm talking to someone else. And he didn't want to be disturbed. <laughs> you know, I think sometimes that's the way we treat God. Where, where we're at and, you know, God's doing something and God's, seems like everything's okay. And God's trying to get our attention. God's trying to disturb us. But we don't want to be disturbed. We're comfortable. We're, we're settled. We're in static. It's, we're Okay. And it may not be that you're doing anything wrong, but it just may be that God is trying to get your attention and get you moving again. And I think many times, many times it's been those times where, where we, we've, we should have been ready to listen and God's been trying to disturb us, but we've not wanted to be disturbed. And you know, we, we, we're like that. When we're comfortable, none of us want to be disturbed. Who... Here likes to be disturbed when they're in deep sleep, right? That dreaded, you know, five minutes before your alarm goes and you wake up. Or when, when your alarm does go, who, you know, it's a cold Brisbane morning. <laughs> and it's freezing and then your alarm goes and, you know, I, I, what I've noticed, I've become an expert at pressing the snooze button on my iPhone. You know, I, for the life of me, I can't sometimes even forward the videos at times. But when I'm half asleep and I'm comfortable and my alarm goes, you know, you know how it is. It's a little tiny button and then I can press it without looking. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Why? Because by nature, when we're comfortable, by nature, when we're, we seem to be at rest, the last thing we want is for someone to disturb us. Someone to disturb the peace that we seemingly have created for us or even we've been blessed with. And yet what we find in the life of Abram is, is God did disturb him. God did get his attention. And, and, and that's really been my experience. You know, I was just evaluating our time coming here. It's been nearly a year now. And and. The disturbance time, really, that ought to be a time where you're ready to listen. And the call will involve you just being disturbed out of the, the comfort of your familiarity at times, the comfort of your static, the comfort of where you're at, so that God can get your attention about where you need to go next. And it, it may not be geographical like for us. It may just be that you're in a rut. It may just be that you're just in a place where you're just settled and everything's going okay, but God has something more. It could just be that you're just where you're at and, and God has something else. But, but what it is, is you've got to just pay attention because you don't want to miss out, do you? And yet so many times we're not ready for that disturbance 
And he says simply in verse 1, he says, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And, and it was a call to, to, for Abram to leave all. Uh, you know, God, God sometimes has us to, to just, just get to a place of listening. I, really, if I can say, the, the whole journey of us coming here wasn't, it wasn't last year. It was the year probably before that. We had come through a bit of a, a, bit of a time as a church. We were really coming, um, coming to, to a place really as a church there in Sydney where there was some big things that were on the horizon. Some things, there was some momentum, great momentum in the, in the church. We had established some ministries that were really helping the church and we were excited about that. But one particular Sunday night, I think it was a weekday night, we had invited some, some of our newer families that had come into the church and we had asked them to come into our home and we had, had, a, had dinner with them. And there was a particular couple there who came on a, an unusual Sunday. We, they came to church when the whole church wasn't there. It was a Sunday, but what, what it, was, it was, it was a True North Summit Sunday where we have a combined big service with Faith Baptist Church. So we usually, we would, the whole church would have service with Faith Baptist on that particular Sunday. So they came that day and they actually saw the sign on our gate and, and they actually took the, then the 30-minute, 40-minute drive to Faith Baptist Church to get to us. So I was interested in, you know, wow, why? So they, they began to tell me uh, the story that evening, they said, you know, the, that week we, we'd been attending a church. It was a, a different church. So we were attending a church, and we, we, we had been there for a long time. We had met there. And one morning it dawned on me. This, the husband was saying this. It's been a while since I asked God, is this still where you want me to be? He, and he just said that like, you know, it dawned on me. And he said, then that morning I went to the letterbox and one of your tracks was in there. And I just thought, Lord, is this you? And he took it and they said, well, we might as well check it out. And so they went and they, they saw the sign and they went and they said, well, and this is our church now. And, and so it was an amazing thing that they would even do that. And, and it was as if the Lord said, did you hear what he said? When was the last time you asked that? When was the last time you asked if this is still your will for my life? When was the last time you asked what, it, what, what, should, you, what should you be doing for me right now? And really that night, um, I remember the, the, the couples went home. We had a great dinner, um, a, lot of, a lot of fun time there, a lot of just, just talking through some things. They had come from a different Christian background, and so they had some things that they wanted to sort through. And I remember heading up to our room and my wife and I looked at each other and, and it's as if we looked at each other knowing what we were going to say. We said, did you hear that? And we began that night just asking, Lord, what's next? And not in our mind, we're going to leave. Just what's next for us? And always in my context there, what's next for Southland was really underneath that. What's next? What's next? And some of us, the, the, the disturbance is that is that God would, would have you to a place even just to listen. 
And I hope this week it's been a time where you've just begun to listen again to the voice of God and listen again for His working in your life and listen again as the Scriptures have been opened. I hope you've allowed yourself to be a little disturbed this week. I hope that you've come to the place of listening because so often what we do is we, put, we press the snooze button on God. We just say, well, not right now. Well, well Lord, don't you see we're, we're, we're in a good place right now. Don't you see all of this is happening and yet we've not even given God who is sovereign over all, by the way, and has every right to do whatever he would like with our lives. And we ought to have that surrenderedness, and we ought to be in a, that place of listening. And, and sometimes faith is all about leaving a, a, a life that is, is of comfort, a life that we're familiar with, really to a life of the unseen. And the, fa- and the faith life is one of, of really of origin and destination. Many times you won't be where you started and you won't be who you were to begin with. Right? You think about that. God moves us out in our identity. When you get saved, what does the Bible say? You're a new creature. Right? All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In, in regard to uh, sometimes even our comfort, sometimes God will say, launch out into the deep, and we go, get comfortable sometimes in mediocrity. And, and yet God's trying to move us on to something else, to excellence, to fruitfulness, Sometimes in locality, you know, there's some in our midst today who are missionaries. They've transplanted from one place to, the, to another. Uh, I remember around the time when Pastor Shemesh was called to Thailand, it was also around the time where my pastor back then was called to China. And I just thought, why is everyone going to Asia? You know, they're all here. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sydney, right? And, and I just remember just suddenly God was calling some of these men who were established in their ministry to different places. And I was going, what is going on? And what it was, they were in a place of listening. They were, there was a disturbance, but God was changing them in their locality. And I remember God reminding me when I was, when I was considering what to do between, between Southland and here. Um, I, and I often said this, and probably not original to me, God is in charge of troop movements. I used to say that all the time to the church there. Say it all the time, every missions conference, every chance I could get, I probably said that. But then God reminded me, hey, aren't you one of my troops? Hey, aren't you one of mine? That, that, and, and, and sometimes God will change us in locality, but sometimes God just wants to move us in, in our molding and you know, God wants to mold us into His image. God wants to mold us into a fittedness for the season. And God will, to, to start that process, bring you to a place where He's just got to disturb the current. I think it was, was it Catherine Booth who said, if you want to uh, change the future, you've got to disturb the present. And many times, we don't want to be disturbed, though. We're not in the place of listening. And I think some of our young people here, you're, you're in a good land. You're in a great country to grow up, and you're, you're in a place where there's everything that you need and want so often is provided, and why would you consider going else? Why would you consider God doing something with your life? And sometimes I'm fearful for my own 
children that I've made it too comfortable for them. And we all want that for our kids. We want our kids not to have to really struggle like, like previous generations have. But, but then sometimes we create a little bit of a bubble around our children. And before long, we've sort of just zoned them out of God's reach, perhaps even. And I wonder if there's some young people here that just gets a little bit disturbed about where they're at right now. And maybe would just at least start going, Lord, what's next? Lord, what's next? And the, there was the disturbance, but then we see the destination. God told him, he says, uh, I'm going to show you a, a land unto that I will show thee. And then notice verse 2, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And the destination was unknown to Abram at this point. But the nest destination, the obedience of that involved more. It involved other things that God wanted to do through him. And, and it, it was this, you know, you're, you're only going to bless others if you're willing to get disturbed and you're willing to get out. He's saying, get thee out and then I will make. You know, many times the reason why God won't do more in our lives is because we're just too stubborn to leave. We're too stubborn. We're too comfortable where we're at. We don't want to take the next step. We don't want to go down the road. We don't want to take another, another leap of faith. We don't want to go unsighted. We want all the plan. We want the whole thing laid out. And yet God's saying, get thee out and I will make. And many times, I think, in our lives, there's things that we miss out on, those blessings. He says, I will bless thee, I will bless them that bless thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And God's goal is to use you for His glory and His revealing in others. See, there's a usage. See, before the blessing comes, you have to leave some things. You have to get out. You, you can't settle. You'll never know if you never, never go, Right? And some decide that, that they will only do what's comfortable. You know what the, the, his name meant, Abram? Abram already was a, was a great man. Abram means exalted father. He was already a great man. And yet, what we know later on in Genesis chapter 17, verse 5, God changes his name from Abram to what? Abraham. And Abraham means he was to be a father of a multitude. And what God was trying to do in disturbing him was to get him to the next destination, which was to be a further blessing to many others. And there was a usage that God wanted in his life where he was going to be used of God to bless others. But there was also an unveiling of that in Abram's life. In Galatians 3.14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Through Abraham, we understand that Jesus came. The fulfillment of the promise that he will bless many nations was through our Savior Jesus Christ, right? That was the, that was the ultimate goal, to bring Christ out. And, and so often... In our journey to become more like Christ, we've got to allow Him to disturb us so He can further us even in, our, in Christ coming out in our lives. You know, too many times we settle for 
what, what is now when, when there's something that can be. And that's the destination, but you know what it's going to take? It's going to take some dedication. Because we read about Abram, but to begin with, he departed. To begin with, he enacted those things that God had given him to do. And lasting fruit, you know, I often sit there and often think about, you know, the many years I've been here and all the, some of the pretty epic stories that, like we heard about Dr. Gibbs, right? And I always think, oh, I'd love to, to be part of one of those. And, you know, there's been some, and, and we won't take the time, but, you know, th- those kind of stories, the kind of fruit that some have borne, they're really a byproduct of decisive faith, of just being decisive about enacting what God is doing in our lives. And, and we see that. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 8, by faith, Abram, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which, which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Skip down, look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, and from whence also he received him in a figure. And we see some of the most, the most epic stories in Genesis involves Abraham. But the, to begin with, he needed to be decisive. He just needed to decide in those moments when God disturbed him that this was indeed what God was was trying to do in his life. And we know Hebrews chapter 11 is a whole chapter. We call it the, the, the hall of faith. And we see all of these epic stories. We see all of these that we marvel about, that we hear preaching about and is recorded for us in Scripture. But none of that happened without faith. It's by faith. But what we understand, faith is a decision. And I think many of us, if we just would decide to trust God, If we would just decide to give God ultimate control and ultimate mastery, ultimate lordship over our lives, then we might be involved with some of those kind of epic stories. We might get involved with with doing some things for God that we never thought we could do. We might get involved with, with, with doing some things that we thought no way we'd be capable of doing. And I've told this to, to our church many times here. You know, I, if, if you asked me as a teenager if I would ever pastor one church, let alone two churches now, I'll, t- I'll just tell you now, I would never have thought about that. You, you ask Pastor, pastor Sherwin Ramos is here. He, he preached my first, the first youth camp I ever attended here in Australia. And we were just chatting the other day. He was telling me, oh, wow, time flies and all of this. And I can't believe you're up there now. And I said, and I was thinking in my head, there's two reasons why he says that. It's because he knew me when I was that 12-year-old who came to that youth camp. <laughs> and I told you, I was an annoying kid. I was, I was also, at the same time, awkward and shy and everything else. And, and I, just, I just marvel at the fact that I get to do this for God. 
you know, some of you young people there, you're just wondering what God can do with you. God can do much more with you. But you've got to, you've got to allow him to, dis, to, to disturb your life and get your attention and then go on that journey with him. You've got to decide. But at the end of the day, faith is a catalyst. Because as I think about my story here this morning, I can't help but think about my dad. I told you my dad was the lone deacon for a while, but the only reason we even came to Australia was that he was sensitive to the Spirit of God. It was actually here in Australia where he was on assignment. He was a local apprentice from the Philippines of the U.S. Navy. And they did some training here in Australia. And um, I think he was here for a couple of months doing some training. And he was on his way back to the Philippines. His training had been done. He was sitting in a little uh, lunchroom and a random Aussie came up to him and just said to him, hey, and he doesn't know, he, to this day, he, he doesn't know who this, he, this bloke is. But he goes, hey, did you know that they're going to close Subic Bay soon? Did you know that? You should apply for Australia. You should apply to, to come here. And my dad sort of just looked at him. He didn't know. He didn't introduce himself. He just said that. And my dad was disturbed because if you ask them, they never wanted to live the, leave the Philippines. They never wanted to leave there. They, they had a house there. They had an acreage there. They wanted to raise us in the country. They, they had all of that. He, he, my dad was earning good money for a Filipino working for the U.S. Navy. And so he came away from that, prayed a little while, and realized that was God. Trying to get his attention. Trying to disturb him. And so he put the papers in. He was just following God and... Later on, we lived in the Parramatta area, and we were walk- they were walking down the street one day, and, and some independent Baptist church preaching the gospel. My dad and my, my parents were already saved, but they were looking for a good independent Baptist church. And these men were preaching away the gospel and came up to them and met a man by the name of Damien Demetrio. He was street preaching. He was part of Liberty Baptist Church, Keith Piper over there, and got to know him. We started attending Liberty Baptist for a little while, and then uh, a church fellowship started just two doors down from where we were living. That became Southland Baptist Church. So we came, we attended there for a couple of a uh, couple of a uh, couple of months. We didn't have a pastor, and God brought to mind through my dad's connection, Damien Demetrio, and he. He spoke to him. He became my pastor. I grew up under him, really, as from, from 12 through to my older teens. He invested a lot of time in me. And I remember coming to, to Damien Demetrio one, one night. I, call, I felt called to preach. And I told him, I just simply said, hey, which Bible college do you want me to go to? And he said, you're not going to college. He goes, I want you to stay here. You're going to do a, a traineeship, an internship. And that's how I got trained, not knowing, again, what, what God had in store. Uh, and, and all of that to say that I'm nobody special, but I've got to, gotten to see some great things. I've gotten to see some lives change. I, I've, I look around and I see some of the, the young people that are here from Southland that I, I, I got a chance to just be a part of their lives. I got a chance. And I see some of uh, you now in, here at 
good shepherd that I'm getting to know and I'm, I'm excited about what God's going to do here and I'm excited about what God's doing in our midst and I'm glad, I'm glad that my dad, all those years, he allowed faith to be a catalyst in his life because it came to be, uh, we got to see some great things and, and you know, actually, you know where, where my dad was? You know where my dad was on that day where he heard that Subic Bay was going to close, that he should apply to come to Australia? You know where that was? It was in Brisbane. And now he often tells me, oh, it seems like we've come full circle. <laughs> seems like we we're always meant to come back to Brisbane. And there was a time, again, I, was, I mentioned I was called to preach. You know where that was? It was uh, Kippering. And now I look back and I go, wow, was God hinting all these times? But there was a journey. And he had to get my attention and he had to get some disturbance. And, you know, last year, that, that whole journey with, with, I got the call from the pulpit committee here, began to pray about it. They scheduled me to come in and, you know, out of, out of really my, my love for the Shemishes, my, the, their part in my life, out of, out of just courtesy to them, I said, yes, I'll come for a weekend. I wasn't coming here thinking, well, I'm going to be the pastor of this church. I was just, and I remember sitting with the man, talking through, you know, what was happening here and all of that. And we've taken our kids, you know, to many things and God's allowed us to travel a little bit. We've taken them to, we've taken them to Hawaii. We've taken them to like really fun places, right? But my, my kids have always wanted to go home. Whenever it was time to go home, they were always ready to go. And we came to Brisbane. It was all ministry. I'll tell you what, they didn't even get it. They didn't even see a playground except this one, all right? <laughs> there was nothing fun for them. Um, but begin to work in our hearts, and I started to sense, this is God. God wants me to do this. Now I'm a Sydney sider coming to Brisbane, right? I was apprehensive. But God was working in my heart. So on our way home, we're, we're heading back. First of all, what, what really disturbed me was my little son, my uh, Jaden, said, I'm just going to go for the Brisbane Broncos now. That really disturbed me. I was just like, oh, Lord. Not that. No <laughs> but when we crossed the border, my kids started crying. They started crying and they said, Dad, move us to Brisbane. And I'm looking at my wife and we're going, what? We had nothing fun there. <laughs> I think we went to Macca's once, you know. <laughs> and they began to cry. And they said, Dad, move us to Brisbane. I, we drove home and before we left, we, the youth group that we had a lot to do with for a while, they came and they had asked us, could you, when you come back from Brisbane, could you come and just be part of our youth group on that Friday night? So, you know, we had, we had arrived home. We were an emotional wreck because this was becoming a reality in our lives. 
the disturbance was real. And we were heading there, and, you know, we got the kids babysat that night, thinking, we're just going to have a great time. I love youth. I love youth group. We got there, and, you know, they had two stools. We were going to sit there. They, they said, can you just talk about how youth group was formed? How did that come to be, you know? What, we call the youth group there at Southland Launch. How did, how did that name? And they asked us those kind of questions. And what we didn't know was they had asked some of the, the alumni of the youth group, those who graduated through, to come and share a word of testimony about the impact that we had in their lives. They had some who now were living in different cities and different countries send in a video to say, and you know what it was? It was like God was preparing the church to say goodbye to us, and we didn't even know it. We were crying all the way home, all, all night we cried. And then a couple of weeks later, a month or two later, the whole process really started, and then eventually the boat came here, and it was a, it was a, a positive. And then came the, the day we had to tell the church, and we told the church, and it was just, it was actually the first day we could meet back 100% capacity. It was the first time after the whole COVID thing that the whole church was together, and my first piece of news was, I'm leaving. <laughs> it was heart-wrenching. And um, I remember afterwards, the, the youth leader, Darren and Rekka, the couple that runs our youth group now, when I was mentioning this, they said, that's not what we meant. We didn't want you to leave. And, <laughs> but it wasn't that. It wasn't that. It wasn't that I was recruited. It wasn't that, you know, I estimated that well, I'm going to be better off there. No, it was just God disturbing and God showing there's another destination. And I'll tell you what. I mean, I, I'll always love Sydney but I love Brisbane. We were coming here. I remember driving um, for a weekend, and my kids, when we crossed the border, it said, Dad, we're home. <laughs> and God was changing their sense of it. And I'm saying that that whole journey started with a bit of a disturbance just to say, what's next? And I, I love our church. And, and God, I think God has something Great here. You pray for Southland as they navigate through this time. But you pray for us. We, we want to be used of the Lord. And, and you know, someone asked me, how, how, you, how are you going? How are you settling in? And I said, in one sense, I feel like I'm new. In some senses, I feel like I've been here a long time. And I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed being part of our, our church family here. And I'm glad for what God's done. But, you know, all of that, We'd miss out if we didn't allow God and if we were ready to be disturbed. Because disturbance will bring you to your destination. And too many times we don't allow God because we're just too, maybe we're just too stubborn. Maybe we're just too comfortable or we just don't want to listen. But God has something else. God has it to be more. And God could allow you to be part of some of those great stories, some of those things that you'll look back and go, wow, I got to do that for the Lord. But it won't happen if you're just willing, if you're just going to not be willing to be disturbed. And so I want to I ask you, are you in the place of listening?
Are you in the place where you just surrendered enough to say, Lord, whatever you would have me to do. Lord, and maybe he might tell you, get thee out. Maybe he might say, well, take just one more step. Just be a little bit more committed. Yeah, I know it's uncomfortable, but just take that step. And, and whatever it is, I'll tell you what, the Christian life isn't static. The, the Christian life is moving forward. And so I want to encourage you just to allow God to disturb you. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time that we've had. And Lord, I appreciate, dear God, just your, your kindness and goodness to us to know, Lord, that we have an expected end. And Father, your, your heart for us is that, Lord, you would see great fruitfulness in our lives. But Lord, before that, I just believe that you'd be, you'd be willing to even disturb us from our, our, our slumber. You'd disturb us from where we're at. And Lord, just move us. Lord, bring us on to the journey ahead of us. I pray that you'd help, Lord, some here that maybe it's been a while since they've even just said, Lord, what's next? Lord, what's ahead? And maybe we just take the time now just as a, have this time just to just say, Lord, here I am. Lord, I want something Lord, more, I want to do something for you. And maybe you just would say, Lord, I'm willing to be disturbed. I pray that you just help each and every one. Lord, we, we have more, I know, to come, but Lord, I pray that you just...